It's been a great start to the new year, right? Are you, are you enjoying the new year, 2020? Some of you are in, some aren't quite sure yet what you think about the new year. Um, it, I, I've, I've loved stepping into 2020 and all the newness that it brings and the challenges that it brings. And we've jumped into this teaching series uh, called Your Future Self Will Thank You. And we're talking about what are the things we need to do today so that our future self will look back and say, thank you for making those difficult decisions years ago. And kind of the foundation of the series, uh, one of the first statements we made is this, that usually it's the, the small, unnoticeable habits that we're putting into place or that are becoming a part of our lives that are doing the formation work to create who we're going to become in the future. It's the small, unnoticeable habits in our lives that are forming us into our future self. And if that's true, if you agree with that, then we need to pay attention to what we're doing today so that we can become uh, who we want to become, but also who God wants us to become. And, and we believe that God, all of us, God has um, this beautiful picture of, of who he's created us to be, and we want to walk in that. We want to pursue that in life. So no matter where you've come from and what you've been up to, we believe God um, loves you more than you could ever imagine, and he wants to form you into your authentic self and to live the fullest life than you can ever, that you could ever imagine. So here's the starting point. We said, let's start with prayer this year. Uh, prayer oftentimes is the last resort. Uh, anybody been there before? Like, I've tried everything I know uh, to do, and now it's time to throw a Hail Mary, and maybe God will grab this for me. Have you ever done that? Have you ever been like, oh, I, I've tried everything, and maybe... So what would it look like to actually start with prayer? And in the morning, as you roll out of bed, to say, God, I, I don't know what today holds, but you do, and so I'm going to trust you with that and pray that you lead me and guide me. Simple prayer, just to start the day with. Or maybe for you, I challenged... Uh, us, myself included, like what if the first thing that we opened on the phone in the morning was not our text or emails or the news or the alerts, but rather was uh, version, which is the, the Bible app? And um, what if our prayer was simply the verse of the day? What if that became our prayer? What if that was the guiding point? Because so many of us don't know how to pray. We think, gosh, if there is a God up there, I, I don't really know how I should talk to him. So what if we just simply prayed the verse of the day? And I've heard it from a couple of you that have started doing that. I hope it's something you pursue because it's always good to get into God's word and let that guide us. So start with prayer. And then last week we talked about believing the best. And um, we, we talked about this, this, this practice of capturing every thought what would it look like for us to, to capture our thoughts and make them obedient so that our minds would not just run off and, and, and go wherever they want to go and daydream, and, but that we would control our minds, uh, that, that God would, would be a part of that. We would open ourselves to his transforming spirit so that we can capture every thought and make it obedient to Christ. What would that look like for us? So how's it going? Starting with prayer. Believing the best. Okay, so if you're like me, if you're like me and I, you know, I, I'm, I get it, I'm with you, uh, you hear that and you're like, oh, I remember that when you said that. Sunday, I remembered that, but then Monday, you know, they hired that coach and that was the first alert and I had to read about that because the coach, it's the coach, you know, and it's a big deal and like I get it and, and it's so, it's easy to be distracted and to forget kind of what 
We want to be in who we want to be. And here's the awesome news. God's grace is new every morning. Amen. There, there's a good one. I needed somebody to say amen. God's grace and his mercies are new every morning for us. And so you can start tomorrow. Tomorrow morning, you can start with a new pattern and a new habit that might shape who you're becoming in the future. And maybe you've like run into a brick wall after brick wall after brick wall after brick wall after brick wall. And it's like, I just don't know that I can do it. And I would encourage you, start with prayer because God can do what you can't do. Like God has more power to do what you can't do. He can do more with our open hearts than we can do with our closed hearts. And so like, let's start with him and then see what he would open up in our lives. So start with prayer, believe Believe the best. Today, um, I want to talk about uh, some, what can sometimes be a, a, a touchy uh, subject. And I, I have a, a feeling that many of you, as I start talking about it, are going to be like, amen, yes, I believe it, I trust it. And then I'm going to say something at some point where you're going to go, whoa, slow down, Matt. Like, that's a little over the top. And uh, if you do that, I'm excited. I, I, hope, I hope there's a little pushback and, and um, some questions about maybe where this leads, okay? Are you with me? All right, so I memorized this as a kid. I heard it a lot of times. I think you probably did as well. Let's see if you can't fill in the blanks on this one. Sticks and stones might break my bones, but yes. So I heard some different versions, but I think all pretty much the same idea, that sticks and stones um, may break my bones, Maybe, but words will never hurt me or harm me, however you heard that as a kid. True or not true? Not true. true. Yeah, yeah, because the truth is uh, sticks and stones, they will will bruise and, and break bones, but words sometimes do more damage than the physical things in life. And what's so sad about this to me is I did a little research, like where did this come from? Like who started this idea? Um, Christians, followers of Jesus, first printed in a Christian publication. And I think the intent was probably let's help our kids not like take hold of what other people say about them. Let's like, so it's probably some good intent there. Oh, but so damaging for us to grow up believing that our words don't matter. And like I said, if, if, um, if you tune out and you miss some things, don't, don't miss the idea that God loves you. He wants what's best for you. And he's given you words and language to use for good in this world. And your words do matter. Your words matter and my words matter. More than we could ever imagine. I was writing, just trying to come up with a different way of saying this. And maybe something that would remind us of what's true. And here's what I came up with. That, that sticks and stones will bruise my bones. And words may be daggers to my soul that never heal. (laughs) Now, wouldn't that be a better way of telling our kids the truth? That, That the words that you use could be a dagger in someone's soul that never fully heals. Would we would we be more careful with our words if we believe that? Um, I was reading Dale Carnegie. Uh, many of you have read some of Dale Carnegie's work. Um, and he said this. I, I like this, this thought that any fool can criticize, complain, and condemn. And most fools do. <laughs> that's, that's good. Uh, but it takes character and self-control to be understanding and forgiving. And Dale Carnegie here was talking about how to uh, win friends and influence people. And he was saying it's easy 
in its fullest just to criticize and condemn and, and, uh, and complain. Like, that's foolish. But, but it takes self-control to watch our words and make sure we're placing them where we want to place them. Have you ever said something and immediately tried to rewind the script? Have you ever been married? <laughs> Have you ever had children around? It's like we say things and we know. I mean, we know. We know, that we know the power of our words, but we just say them because it's in the moment. And, and we say them usually because she deserves it or he deserves it, right? We feel justified to say what we want to say when we want to say it. But then we quickly realize, oh, no, I probably shouldn't have used that language, those, those words. And we want to rewind it. And the truth is we can't. We can't rewind our words. Like words become the tapes that, that are played over and over in the minds of the people who love us. Oh, tapes, um, cassette tapes. I'm sorry, that's an old concept. Some of you will remember. Cassette tapes were these little um, rectangular things uh, that held music and words. Are you with me? They're recordings. Some of you will get that. Anyways, it was funnier in the first service. Um, <laughs> so what's interesting, when, when I mentioned uh, with Sarah, Miss Cochran, my, my first grade teacher, uh, it was a little bit difficult at first to remember the teacher that I would have said, you know, she spoke life into me, she encouraged me, but it was Ms. Cochran, that was it. Uh, what was easy is to remember the teachers that didn't speak life into me. My third grade teacher who told me she could park a car between my front two teeth. That was, that was easy, that was easy to recall. I, I got braces, it worked, it was fine. Miss Kelly. Not encouraging. Anyway, um, <laughs> I remember that. I remember in middle school when we filled out a, um, a survey on what we wanted to do when we were older. It was like a vocational survey. I remember, um, I remember when I wrote I wanted to be a professional football player. And I remember my teacher in front of the entire class telling me I needed to pick something that was more realistic. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the reason I'm not a professional football player is that teacher. <laughs> No, but my point is, my point is we remember those painful daggers and we replay them over and over and over and over again in our minds. They become the soundtrack that we go to. And if that's true for you, like it is me and so many of us, if that's true, then we need to watch our words, which is what I want to talk about a little bit this morning. I want to talk about what does it mean to watch your words, to, to, to pay attention to the, to the words that we're using. Um, now, real quick, I'm, I'm going to, to get to the words conversation, I want to talk about the brain just a little bit. And we've been talking about brain science and how the brains work. And some of you are going to like totally geek out with me here for a minute. And a couple of you are just going to drift off and uh, I'll try to get you back in, in a minute. But Brain science, and the brain is amazing. Like what the brain can do is unbelievable. And we've been talking about neural pathways in the brain. And the way our habits form is that we do certain things again and again and again. And the, the, the more repetition in your mind, 
the more a neural pathway is formed and it becomes easier for you to repeat that process. Does that make sense? Are you with me on that? And, and the same is true with the words that we use. So I had a friend who lived a couple houses up when I was a kid, and his name was Chris. We were about the same age, Chris Lee, and uh, we both lived on wooded lots. And so to get from my house to his house, we either took the road in front of our house or we found a way through the woods. Well, when we first became friends, it was tough to get through the woods because there was kudzu, uh, big pine trees, there were um, honeysuckles, there were all kinds of stuff through the woods, and you had to kind of climb your way through. But over time, we created a pathway through the woods that made it really easy just to run back and forth between our houses. Does that make sense? And by the time we were like in middle school, we could ride our bikes on that pathway. The, 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 the path that we sometimes had to crawl when we were younger, we could ride our bikes on. That is what happens in our brain. That the more you do something, the more you repeat something, the more you say something, the easier it becomes to say that same thing again. And in, in our marriage, mine and Robin, we had, a, I think, a counselor or a mentor who told us one time, don't ever bring up the D word. Because once you bring it up, it's easier for your mind to go there. And we made a commitment. We're, never gonna just, we're just never going to talk about that. Because we don't want it to become something that's in the framework of our brain. Does that make sense? Like There are certain things that we just want to be off limits. We want to remove from our minds so that it doesn't happen. Because once you begin the path, it continues and it's easier and easier and easier to do the same thing. Now, here's why that matters when it comes to our words. A few months ago, I started joking. Um, I, I said it one Sunday, kind of halfway joking, about how I hate Shay. And the traffic drives me crazy, and it's so frustrating. You guys remember that. Some of you would talk to me, and I had someone pull me aside like a month after. I started joking about it because it got, you know, it was laughing, and it was funny, and someone pulled me aside, and they said, Matt, um, you know, there's Mountain View is another road that you can take, and there's not, a, and, and so like you guys were counseling me through it, which I really appreciate, and, um, but here's the deal. Once I started talking about it, every time I got on Shea, I laughed a little, but then I would get extremely frustrated. And I would say it again. I'd get home and I'd say, oh, the traffic was terrible. Like I had to wait two minutes to get through the light. Two minutes. <laughs> I'd have been home, Robin, I would have been home two minutes ago if it wasn't for the traffic on Shea today. And Barrett Jackson, and oh my gosh, it's just like, like it became this thing. Now listen, they, they, they call it confirmation bias. It's, it's a scientific, it's confirmation bias is the concept that once we begin to say something, criticize, complain, uh, keep that, that, that our bias is to see the very thing that we're talking about. Like it's confirmed. Once I began to talk about how frustrating Shay was, it was confirmed again and again and again. Now listen, the reason it's important to watch our words when it comes to relationship is because once we begin criticizing and complaining, our bias will be confirmed again and again and again. It's all we can see. Does that make sense? These pathways have been created. And so it's so important to watch our words. Here's, here's how Jesus talked about it. And I think he, he gets to the heart of the matter. He says this, a tree is identified by its fruit. If a tree is good, its fruit will be good. And if a tree is bad, its fruit will be bad. 
Now, so far, are you with Jesus? Like, even if you're not sure what you believe about Jesus, that makes sense, right? Good trees, good fruit, bad trees, bad fruit. Where is he going with this? And then he throws out this, you brood of snakes, which must have been bad in the first century. Um, (laughs) How could evil men like you speak what is good and right? And what Jesus was getting at was their hypocrisy. He, he was getting at, at the ways that, that, that what was deep within them uh, wasn't really reflected in, in, in ways that they thought. that. So he was getting at their, their hypocrisy. And then he makes this statement and he says, for whatever is in your heart determines what you will say. Now, if you have a Bible, I mean, I would encourage you to highlight and circle and underline and memorize that statement of Jesus. And if you don't have a Bible, take your journal and write it.